Listen to WGN Radio's newest podcast, Behind the Badge, Illinois, hosted by David Hochberg. Behind the Badge, Illinois, views current events through the eyes of Illinois law enforcement leaders. Tune in. Visit WGNRadio.com slash Behind the Badge. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Paul Listnick Behind the Curtain. It's my opportunity to step away from the world of politics and law. You watch me cover on TV every day and into the world of entertainment and fun. And I recently saw opening night performance of a show at the Goodman Theater called Highway Patrol. I didn't know what to expect. It wasn't what I expected, but it blew me away. And as soon as that show was over, I went out into the lobby and went up to the PR folks and said, I need to talk to one of the stars of this show. She joins us here and now. So say hi to Dot Marie Jones. Dot, so good to see you. Good morning. Good to see you, too. Um, Look, I've loved you for years. It's not just about this show. I mean, people who are, they weren't familiar with your name. You know they're looking now and going, that's Coach Beast from Glee. And indeed you were. But I'd love to just do a little background with you, if if I can, for people who don't know. Because, I mean, one of the things I knew about you was before this whole acting thing went on, Mm -hmm. you're like, and you probably still are, quite the athlete. Um, I'm a little rusty now at 60, (laughs) but. Um, I, I, yeah, that's what got me through college was a, um, track scholarship to Fresno state. But wrestling and, and, uh, right. And armor and you, did you almost become a professional wrestler? You didn't want to do it. You said it was too fake. Come a professional wrestler and did all the training and stuff. And then I injured my knees, which stopped me from going overseas for a year, which I would have missed out on so much. But, um, yeah, I was a professional arm wrestler for I won 15 world titles and um but mostly it was track and field and weightlifting wow so if I were to arm wrestle you right now you'd win anyway right um, <laughs> look at me dot you'd win <laughs> I don't know Sweeties. <laughs> I said no unfortunately I'm eating fruit loops um <laughs> that's too so from there, you, you go from the world of, of athletes, uh, athletics and all of that, and you get into the world of, of acting, but it's kind of somebody who saw you, and I guess they saw the combination. I mean, it, arguably, from from sort of doing wrestling or sports on TV, it's not that far from the world of, of television. Right. Um, actually, what happened was, is a friend of mine who was a bodybuilder, I knew she and her husband from the different bodybuilding events, and I was a power lifter. I would go do exhibition deadlifting events. And Shirley Eason was Sky on American Gladiators. And I knew her way before that. So when she was on the show on Gladiators, she called and told me about, you know, Dot, they're looking for big, strong girls on this one show. <laughs> totally audition. And I thought, what the hell? I had nothing to lose. I was working uh, juvenile probation in a lockdown facility in Fresno. And I'm like, uh, yeah, that's, I mean, that's what I went to college for. I got a BS in criminology, mm-hmm. but um, so I went down to LA and auditioned and out of a few hundred women, I got one of the four spots. Fantastic. By the way, California, that's where you grew up. Yes. Yes, sir. Northern California, about yeah. five hours of LA. And so then, of course, Glee comes along, but, it, you know, every, everybody's the overnight success, right? Uh, just I interviewed Jeff Hiller last week. If you know Jeff from somebody somewhere, I love him. And he sort of says, yes, I'm an overnight success, except it took me 25 years to get here. Um, a long- yeah. <laughs> but for you, the magical connection, because I did wonder, how did you show up? And it's a great, I think it's a great story. It's Ryan Murphy. You had worked mm-hmm. with them and you also were a fan of Glee yourself. But give me that story. 
Um, I had worked with Ryan on Nip Tuck. And I also done a pilot at the same time they were doing a pilot for Glee. They had done another pilot called Pretty Handsome. And Alexandria Billings, Joseph Fiennes, Carrie Ann Moss, Blythe Danner, Robert Wagner, Niecy Nash. I mean, the cast was incredible. And um, I did that for them. And then cut to a year later, I ran into Brad Falchuk at a grocery store. And I'm like, what are you doing? I hadn't seen him since we shot Pretty Handsome. And he said, um, we're just finishing up the la- our first season of Glee. And I said, come on, you guys, write me something. Yeah. Uh, he goes, um, can you sing? And I said, well, I'm no Mariah Carey, but I can carry it. <laughs> and he started laughing and, and he goes, I'm going to tell Ryan. And I said, please. I said, I, you, cause I love working with them. And so, um, a few months later, the agent that I was with at the time got a call saying that Ryan's people called and wanted to know what I was doing starting mid July. And that's, I was on there as a guest star my, my first four years and then season six because I came in first episode season two and then season six I was a regular. Yeah, of course, lots of uh, not Emmy nominations on the way for, for all the roles. When you become a regular, I mean, just so people understand because you're right, it's guest star, guest star, regular. I mean, it's obviously about money, but it's, is it more? I mean, what, what makes that transition from you're now a regular? I asked for it. Okay. <laughs> I asked Ryan because he at, at our 100th episode party he said i have big plans for beast next season and i'm like it better be a series regular and he goes what and i said you (laughs) i said it better be a series regular and he goes is that what you want and i'm like are you kidding me that's i have three emmy nominations i said of course that's what i want oh great and um he said then that's what we'll do and he followed through because a lot of people say that's what we'll do and you never hear from him again. Yeah, he came through. Well, Jeff Hiller the same way, right? He, I mean, Hiller, who he put it in American Horror Story, it's that interaction you have with him at some point and then boom, he's yeah. back. Uh, Ryan yeah. is. By the way, I guess we have a mutual friend. I should have I had her call in. Alexandra Billings is a very dear friend of mine. So um, I love I love, is, love her. She is amazing. One of the funniest people on the planet. And I'll tell you a 20-second story. She and Chris Ann were here for dinner one night. And um, uh-huh. I said, I, I said, Al, I put out my fine china, right? I said, Alex, you're drinking out of Baccarat, just so you know. Well, she, that's it. Give me a paper cup. I am not touching this glass. I want a paper cup. And, you know, she's always, she's always on stage. And I just love her dearly. Love her. She played, I actually played a trans man in Pretty Handsome in the process of transitioning in that show. And Alex was my wife. Oh, I, I- so much and she i just will never ever forget you know that experience and her work in transparent was stunning absolutely yeah well i'm sure alex would love that we spend the whole show talking about her but but (laughs) (laughs) like her head needs to get any bigger yeah right (laughs) i love it but but anyway so let's so let's move on up to where we are and so a highway patrol comes up and look i'll be honest i didn't know much about it before i try not to do a lot of homework before i see a show because i want the surprises and uh, here's the thing Ordinarily, when I do this, I will say to my guest, you know, talk a little bit about what the show's about, or actually, I will talk about that. I can't do that here because even in my review for the show, which was all positive, I don't know what to say because I feel like whatever you say gives it away. So, Dot, you tell our viewers and our listeners, what is the show Highway Patrol about? Dana Delaney, who is a dream to work with, and she befriends a young fan online, 13-year-old boy who is having several medical problems and difficulties, and I portray his his nan, his grandma, Nana, and um, 
it, it's just this. So this whole, is where it gets tough to tell the story. Yeah, exactly. There's a lot of things that happen. <laughs> it, it, Any plot points? Yeah, a lot of plot points. And it's just, it's the story of how, you know, you, you, when we're online, a lot of us are, you try to take it at face value as to who you're talking to and stuff, and you never really know. And this young kid was going through all these things, and um, I'm like trying to think of how I can. I, this is okay. So I, I'll just cut it down only because this is my point. The yeah. more you say about the show, you're ruining it for people, not you, but. <laughs> It's just so tough. And even, you know, Chris Jones, I mean, just all the critics are like, I don't know what to say because people right. need to experience it. And, yeah. and that was the other thing I said to the to the Goodman folks on the way out. I went, I, I want to talk to Doc, but I'm not sure how because, <laughs> because right. I want to give things away. And the smarter move would have been to interview you before the show, before I saw the show. Um, but nevertheless, so but we, we can kind of talk around some things uh, because, you know, the, the young the young boy is played by um, Thomas Murphy Maloney, who's done a lot of shows here. And uh, but also we get to see. Well, we don't get to see we get to hear peter gallagher in this show and it is the real peter gallagher he was a part of this story it's a true story yeah it's absolutely true so by the way when did you ever was peter part of this process at all in, in terms of your interactions or uh, no dana had asked him if he would do the the voiceover that you hear and, and he graciously did it uh, so this is dana's story and yeah. and uh, I don't know. Well, maybe let me ask you this. I mean, is it embellished at all? Or do I mean to your, your insight? Is this, is this what happened? Or we'd say, well, you know, it is a place. So we've had to embellish it, some things. 99%, if not a hundred percent of what I say was actually written. Wow. Yeah. Cause these were emails and texts. Yeah. And so there is yeah. the dialogue kind of yeah. wrote itself. And now they kept in touch. And back then you just kept in touch through you know dms or and it was most it was twitter and um you know it, it keeps that safe wall up in a you think it does in a sense of you know not giving somebody your phone number and so it was all strictly these messages and um you know dana i don't even know what to say well she she just something like this she decided to share the story I mean, yes. the story and obviously for our viewers and listeners are like, what are you two talking about? And and it's clear that we're walking around it because there is a lot that unfolds. I will tell you at intermission. I don't know if you have you gone up to the little special snooty lounge we have upstairs right at the Goodman Theater. You ever go in there? But oh, go in there one day. <laughs> Maybe not during intermission, but there's a bar or whatever. It's, you know, because whatever I donate and all that kind of stuff. But anyway, um, so I went up there and I'm looking to the bartender and it's like, this is not what Highway Patrol made me think at some point, this is about a highway stop. And um, and I will say, no, I won't even say that. Um, and it's not that <laughs> it's not that the words Highway Patrol have zero connection to it, but it's not about a highway stop. Can you explain all of you, like where the title itself? Where does that come from? For people that see it, again, you'll get a connection, but it's not the thing. If, if you see it, I mean, you saw it, so you know where the Highway Patrol comes from. Yeah. And, and without... Um, given anything away, it is, um, God, I can't even say it because it would give it away. <laughs> yeah. Do you so, find, is this the toughest show? I mean, I, I know you've done some interviews. Have you mm -hmm. ever had a tougher time doing an interview about something you're in than this in terms of not talking about well, it? Well, like if a movie's coming out or something, you try not to give away the plot. And the plot on this play starts in the beginning of the play. It's not like a, and it, and it is a buildup and the buildup is so intense. And so I know for myself, 
Um, it, it's exhausting, but it's the most. I've never done anything like this. I'm just saying that. I will tell you that in my review, I don't, you know, Goodman uses whatever quotes they want to use, but, I, but I'm talking to you, so I get to tell you. Uh, but while I complimented Dana and stuff, I said that the casting of you in the role of Nan was a, a, a it was brilliance. And, well, I and think- just. I mean, because look, as Coach Beast and stuff, you know, you had this, you were scary, but not scary. Uh, you just, you were tough, uh, you know, on the kids and all that sort of thing. But, and so here there, I guess I did in my head make just the slightest of connections, um, you know, personality wise, maybe that's not fair, but I, you know, I mean, it's, it's how I know you. And so I, I kind of, do you, let me ask you that. Did, do you see any connection between Coach Beast and parts of the role you're playing here? Absolutely not. <laughs> Absolutely not. No, no, there's no, there's no sort of the tough part of, of the character, if you, if you will. Well, one beast was tough for a, a certain reason. And yeah. I that Nan is tough for a different reason. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah that wasn't the connection for me. Uh, oh, it was the yeah. toughness. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. But I mean, uh, it's hard to say. Well, I just, anyway, I said the casting was brilliant. And, and and so let me ask you, how do you, there's more to your character. We're going to call you the grandma here, but let's just say there's more to who you are and what you do in the show. That's what we're not talking about. But right. I guess I will walk around it and sort of say, how difficult, how do you, when, when you're done, you're, if after the play, you go out, you meet people, you have lots of fans who come to, and Dana Delaney has a million fans too, but you come out and you meet people. Are people a bit, are they, what is the reaction to, to the role you've just played? Well, kind of like what you said, it's unexpected because there's this is the first time this play's ever been done. Right. So people, unless you've gone to see it more than once, you don't know what's coming at you. And a lot comes at you. And and uh, I thank goodness have had just, you know, positive, you know, people's reaction and stuff from what we're doing up there. And 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 again, I applaud Dana for just the guts and the vulnerability and the heart that she has. Why do you think she told the story? I mean, if it were me, I don't, I mean, I'm sure you've had stalkers. I've had stalkers. I mean, it just comes with the territory. I don't know that I'd make a play out of it. I'm sure you've talked to her enough. Like, why did she say, I want, I want this story to be out. I mean, why does anybody make a play or something, especially because it's true. I think there's so much fictitious stuff that gets made to have something that's actually true. It's, and like you said, it's like you question is all of this really authentic and it is authentic. And um, I think she did it because for herself, do you know what I mean? She comes out, by the way, we'll say at some point she has a notebook in her hand. Yeah. One could argue it's a prop, but she, she actually tells us that these are the texts. These are the emails. This is all that stuff. I'm guessing that's the real thing. Absolutely. And it's probably not even all of them. Is there, and the other thing is, I mean, the, the end of the show, it, it's sort of, it's Dana's moment and uh, she tells us, I mean, I think she's sort of telling us why she did what she did and, and exactly. so, you know, it's, it's a wraparound for her to, to, bent is not the right word, but for her to disclose to us uh, why she's doing what she's doing and what it means. But I'm sort of curious, as you have gone through the experience, take Dana's explanation out of it. Why do you think it's important to tell a story like this? Because I'm sure there are a lot of people that something like this has happened to. And and it could happen to anybody. 
And that type of story is um, as cautious as you try to believe um, with people being authentic and genuine. It's you never know. You never know. So the new artistic director at Goodman is Susan Booth. Um, yeah. I, I'm sure you did, you met Robert Falls. He was there for 35 years, whatever, and brilliant, brilliant, brilliant guy. I don't believe I did. Uh, okay, well, he's he's probably still around, but, you know. Right. But right. Um, but he finally just re- he retired, but so well known. And and here and the thing is, um, part of my review as well was to say if this is what Susan Booth has in store for us, because it's very different than anything that was on Bob's agenda uh, of what she was of what uh, was going on. So as you've talked to Susan Booth, which, which I know you have, did you get a sense of Here's here's what Goodman is after. Here's what we're trying to do here now. Or was everything focused in pretty much on Highway Patrol itself? Was there a greater vision established for you? It, I think the the little bit that I talked to Susan is when we were upstairs in the rehearsal hall and she came to watch one of our run throughs. And um, she was like, you know, I think she was blown away by it. So I don't think I don't think it was expected because you you can read it. But until you see it come to life, it's like. It's a big difference beyond the information Dana shared with you, the actual text and the emails and stuff, which I know compile into the script, conform into the script. Mm-hmm. Did you do research for a role like this? No, I took what I had and I got to be honest, it, it took me a few times reading it to get over the animosity I had for one of the characters and, um, and to get into it and to make it about, it's a character. It has nothing to do with me. It has nothing to, you know what I'm saying? So so let, let me get all Stanislavski with you for a moment, which is to say, I think if I was doing that role, I'm not you, but if I was doing that role, I'd feel like I was always outside of the role, which was why I'm not a full-time actor. I would feel as though I couldn't embody that role and be who that person is, but you do this for a living. You're a professional. So I guess that's, I'm kind of after that point, which is you had to get over animosity, but at the same time, when you're on stage, you are that person. Absolutely. A hundred percent. And, and to get that in engulfed, and and to own it and to um it's like it, sometimes when the play's over it's like holy shit i don't even remember that one part of the show did oh yeah we did it it's just you get sometimes you get so into something because doing it so many times and then it's just it's incredible it's an incredible feeling yeah. the 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 um projections and the technology of it which was very dear Evan Hansen for me. Uh, but there are times, I mean, I'm, I'm fairly sure I saw like a tweet from you that goes up there. Are there things happening like during the show? Is any of that live or is all that pre-done into the system, that, which I assume it is? Actual tweets that were just- But, but my, it's all past. Because some people thought you might be act- backstage actually sending something. No, that screen's incredible. Okay. And by the way, in, in working with, little Thomas uh, Maloney, who plays the kid again, watching what we give away here. But how did, how difficult was it for him? I mean, he has to understand what's going on, right? He, he knows who he is versus the other characters and all that. Is there like, do you have a psychologist on set or something to say, let's talk about this? No, that kid's a pro. He's unbelievable. First day of rehearsal. He knew everybody's lines. <laughs> he knew the- hate people like that. <laughs> and he- 
helped. He, he saved my butt a few times during a play. Really? Yeah, because I'll get stuck. And I mean, now we've got it ironed out now that we're opening stuff and running, but he'd be. And I'm like, shit. I'm like, and, but he, he's amazing. I love that kid. I told him I'm going to adopt him as a nephew. <laughs> so is he like, I don't know how old he is, but 12, 13, whatever he is kind of going on 11, 40. Is that 11 years old? Oh my God. Uh, yeah. But he's, he's, he's clearly much more than that. And it is true. Yeah. He walks, you know what? I love those moments too. He'll walk on and then you kind of see him take one more step as though got to step into the light. So he's the actor. Uh, he knows exactly what he's doing, but he also watches all of this unfold. And I, that's why I sort of wonder whether as a young 11 year old kid, he sort of, I mean, listen, I guess kids aren't kids anymore today, right? I mean, everybody's. He's 11 going on 25. Yeah. In a good way, not an annoying way. The story that unfolds, because this happened to her years ago. Yeah. Um, and, and over a period of time. Do you Does that story, do you think, I imagine it happens to maybe in different ways, but it still happens today, right? It's not as though you're, because when you look at her, I mean, it was before, I'm try, trying to think. No, no, I, was it before video calls? It was 2012. Oh, so I, I can't remember when video kicked in, but, yeah. um, but but it wasn't done that way. But the trust that builds and eventually where Dana says, let me give you my, you know, send me direct messages and whatever. I mean, that's the kind of thing that can happen to people. Uh, do, you, do you take are you Are you more cautious about that kind of stuff too? Just ever since you've done this show, you're like, maybe I won't give my email out, that kind of thing. It makes me rethink some choices I've made, but I mean, I'm always very cautious about that. And, um, but it, it definitely makes you, you already question things. So I think it makes me question things a little bit more. Yeah. I think one of the things that's brilliant about the show for me is it's a, it's just before intermission that I'm, I'm not giving anything away, but just for intermission, the things take a turn. Yeah, And so when you get into the intermission, you see everybody out in the lobby, or in my case, up in the little snobby room, but you see, you see everybody out there and they're just shaking their heads because everybody has this, I didn't see this coming. Exactly. Um, and, and that's what's just, I, I think, so amazing about it. And I think that's the importance of us not giving too much away here other than to, I have a funny feeling people watching us are getting very intrigued uh, by what it is we're talking about. Um, but are there future plans for this? Does it, has Dana talked about, First of all, why Chicago first, except this is the phenomenal place to bring a show? You know what? I don't know, like, why it was here first. I have no idea. But, um, and as far as it going somewhere else, I I don't believe there is something yet, but that it's still open to that. Well, that would I, be- I'll give you my sense of, of one reason that it may be here first. I'm sure you know Jerry Mitchell and a lot of folks, and I will tell you, many a producer um, or people like Jerry who have you know created Kinky Boots, and uh, he was just here with Boop the Musical. All of them will tell you, and I do a show called Backstage, so it's sort of an inside the actor's studio kind of a show. And so Jerry has made it very clear that so many people bring their shows here first because Chicago audiences are that smart, that sophisticated, um, and they want to test it here before they go to New York. In fact, um, uh, Elton John's The you know Devil Wears Prada show started here, and I think they took a lesson from that, which is it's not ready for Broadway uh, based on, on here. And Jerry shared with me they're going to actually bring it to London first after they retool it in a major way. My question for you is, have you, have you performed on Chicago stages before? What is your reaction to Chicago audiences? Because you've got them now. Well, uh, the audiences have been fantastic. And I, again, this is only my third play. So I have never been here to perform on stage. Um, But it's, 
it's a hell of a crowd every day. Doesn't matter if it's a matinee or a night a time nighttime show. It's been great audiences, and and, and it's funny because some audiences there's different reactions. Not all are the same. Can you share like how they differ? Well, like some like um, some will be a lot more quiet. Some will laugh. I think some people feel like maybe they shouldn't laugh, but they can. And um, just certain things that happen, there's that feeling of, God, that's funny, but do I laugh? It is funny. There are very funny lines in it. Except They're very what funny. you're sharing here is we're laughing at a funny line, but it wasn't necessarily, I mean, it may have been something out of an email. I mean, it's a real line right. exactly. uh, uh, that happened. Um, right. So the TV world, is you're so well known for that and films and, and, and now stage. So since it is only your third play, where, where are you getting drawn? Um, I want to st- still do it all. I'm open to everything. You know, I, I love television. Um, it's been my, you know, mostly television and, and some films and commercials and stuff. So, um, it's, I dig it. I, it's hard work, but, um, but I mean, do you like the idea of, you know, go in and take your thing and then, you know, take the car from the studio back <laughs> back home? Or is it this notion of every night? I mean, like, his, this is only playing until February 18th. It's not a long run. But are you, are you energized? I mean, every night it's different. So even though you're saying the same lines, right? A very distinct difference from television. Absolutely. And it's like some things I try to change up, but some things you can't in this. And just, um, I, I love it because... I mean, to be 100% present while you're working. And yeah, it's reiterated every day because it is the same lines and stuff. But just, you know, it. I want to do the best I can do every single night for those folks that are sitting in those seats. Well, I'll tell you, I know, as you know, you know, when you when you see a play, there's this tendency to kind of at the end of the show and the, the curtain call start, the audience kind of sits there and you kind of wait for that star to come out. Right. Who gets who gets the moment, Glinda, you know, whatever, whoever it is, or Alphaba, uh, we wait for them to come out. And so here one would argue, well, Dana is going to get the standing ovation. And she does. And I'm sure you notice it, man. I couldn't get I, mean, I sit front row center. So not that you noticed me Monday night, but uh, on, on opening night, but um, we couldn't be on our feet faster. Uh, when you walked out for that curtain call, and I'm going to guess that happens every single night because you're unbelievable. Oh, God, thank you. And you know what? I, I try not to um, think about that. I just, it's a sign, of course, that I'm doing my job and that people are uh, receiving, in a sense, what I'm doing. Do you know what I mean, Paul? Yeah. It's like, I just, I'm having the most amazing time and I'm getting... Even though it's a very serious thing, I'm getting to play with an amazing actress and an amazing young actor every single day. And they are both gifts. And I I just thank you for your kind words, because that means everything. Are, are you taking in Chicago? Do I need to be taking you around in Chicago for some of the proper Chicago pizza and all that? Are you, you taking some in? I've taken in plenty. I've cut back. But um, yeah. pizza, I hope, for example. Yeah, absolutely. And Garrett's Caramel and Cheese Corn Popcorn just down the street? Yes, yes, yes. They were very gracious and gave us um, a, a little tin. Yeah. And if you eat dinner at Petarino's, ask for the first booth. You'll see my caricature right up there while you're eating, and it'll be like having dinner with me. 
Oh, first booth next to the bar right there? Well, it's booth 46 right behind the registration thing. Um, There's there's just so much to do in this city, which I'm sure you know, including a Golden Girls parody, which is playing up at the Broadway Playhouse a few blocks away. But this city is phenomenal. You should move here. Oh, I'm a California girl born and bred. That's where I I love Cali. Well, maybe just for the summers or something you can move. (laughs) I'll visit. I'll visit. I have no problem. Okay. Everything here has I, been I, absolutely wonderful. Yeah, I, I don't blame you for for not enjoying the winters here, but you, it's, you've been having a decent time this winter, so this is good. Oh, it, even the cold was fantastic. I really? loved it. Like four or five blocks from the theater one night at 10 o'clock, and I looked at my phone, and it said it was negative 28. <laughs> you were, you're happy right. with that. Bring it. I oh, I was with that, Absolutely. Well, Highway Patrol is playing at the Goodman Theater only till February 18th. And from what I understand, no extension. That's going to be the date, right? Yeah, I believe so. Uh, and also the the 18th, I believe, is a matinee. Ah, okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think that's a Sunday. So that's okay. probably the case. Or at least I hope it's a matinee. Check your schedule. I wouldn't want you to miss an evening. Uh, <laughs> so folks can get tickets at goodmantheater.org. Theater is spelled the proper British way, uh, T-R-E. Do you ever have that discussion with anybody, the T-E-R versus T-R-E thing? No. I, it, it matters to me. I don't know why, but I'm really into the TRE. It's sort of like here people take intermissions, but in England they take intervals. And so I, I call it interval. That What's funny is I call it halftime. Okay. <laughs> well, that's the sports side of you. <laughs> I, sports side of me because it's like, hello, I'm still, I feel like I'm still learning so much every day about theater. Uh, I love it. Well, I, I'm so glad you're a statement. You belong on stage. I, I mean, you do what you want. <laughs> go do things, go do shows, go do whatever. And by the way, our, our friend, Ms. Billings, is there's a Broadway show being in production right now or being created right now on her life. Um, so maybe we need to call her and get you in that as well. Oh, she and Chris Ann are the best. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I, I'm sure we will both let them know that, we, that we've connected outside of the Washington. She's actually in POTUS out in L.A. right now, which you probably know. And that just closed at Steppenwolf here. Oh, uh, wow. Which is- if you've never seen the show, by the way, it's amazing. It's great. Uh, so anyway, but Highway Patrol at <laughs> the Goodman Theater through February 18th. Uh, by the way, happy birthday to your wife, Bridget. I'm very happy about that. And I know uh-huh. you look forward to to celebrating that when you get back to California. Um, and thank you for your time. Just a big fan. And I, I just, I really appreciate you giving me some time today. Thank you. You're a doll, Paul. Thank you for being so gracious and kind. I appreciate that. Oh, you're very welcome. I hope to see you again before you leave. Thank you.